Welcome back to the show as we continue with our series, The Next Million. The series airs every Tuesday and Thursday at 4 p.m. The series has been looking at Metro Vancouver through the lens of another million people living here. Our population is presently 2.8 million people and is expected to hit 3.8 million by 2050. How we accommodate those new residents and how and how do we work, live and play in a region with a million more people? That's the question we're trying to answer. Now, recently we looked at the shortage of, our in- of industrial land in Vancouver. We also looked at how we should govern the region with a million more people. And what does food security look like in the context of a region adding more people yet wants to protect its agricultural land? Well, today, today's topic will focus on policing. Now, how can we keep our community safe now and in the future? Safety and security matters today and when another million people live in Metro Vancouver as well. Now, policing enhances the well-being of communities and helps drive economic stability and growth. Some argue policing is at its second major inflection point since 9-11. The disruption, change and havoc that that ensued uh, from the lockdowns, the shift to virtual work and schooling, as well as the release of long-term COVID-19 restrictions and regulations has presented new priorities and challenges in law enforcement and public safety as well. Well, policing today still requires a focus on traditional street crime, but also must deal with a significant increase in cyber threats, domestic violence and counterfeit and fraud as well. Joining me now to discuss Policing in Metro Vancouver in 2050 is Rob Gordon. He's a professor of criminology at Simon Fraser University. Rob, thank you for joining us today. My pleasure entirely. I was just thinking um, what wonderful timing this is, given the uh, the news today about Surrey. <laughs> now, I know you don't want to talk about Surrey, so... That's the last time I'll use the well, word. We we spent about uh, three thirty to four talking about Surrey, so I, I, we'll still talk about Surrey. I promise you that <laughs> because it, it's always there. It is, as I said, the longest running political soap opera since the days of our lives. I think. Um, but in the perfect world, let's start with the broader issue for a second. What should, in your mind, in a perfect world, policing look like in twenty fifty here in Metro Vancouver? In your mind, what what what, what, what do you see? Well, in Metro Vancouver, uh, that, that's just one component. I'm thinking of the uh, the probability of change affecting British Columbia generally. And I think that might be a good starting point because um, it, it is, as you know, currently heavily policed by uh, the RCMP in one guise or another. Um, and that, I have no doubt, will change dramatically in the next 50 years. Um, and in fact, you see signals to that effect already um, in two major developments that have popped up. One, the outcome of the Mass Casualty Commission in Nova Scotia. Now, that sounds like it's got nothing to do with BC, mm-hmm. but in fact, it has everything to do with BC because it goes directly to the issue of the adequacy of the RCMP as a policing unit um, that can cover not national policing so much as provincial and municipal policing. It's just simply uh, fallen into that pit. And I I think it's doing a good job now scrambling to get out of it because there is no future for the RCMP in municipal and provincial policing, in my view. Now, that's one major development. The second major development, and this is not unrelated, is, of course, the production of a a major report by the Provincial All-Party Committee of the Legislature, 
I stress it's all party. So I, ideally, it should override uh, changes in the uh, in the legislature. But that that provincial uh, all party committee was to review the Police Act, which is the governing legislation for policing and public safety in BC. And they produced uh, what I think is an excellent report, Transforming Policing and Public Safety in BC. That came out in April 2022. And the timing again was quite interesting because uh, that's not that far away from March 23, which was when the final report of the Mass Casualty Commission in Nova Scotia uh, was produced. Now, both of these documents are already starting to have an impact on policy and practice. Uh, and know that in BC, um, the changes to the Police Act have already started to unfold. unfold. Um, the Solicitor General, Mike Farnworth, has indicated that he's going to be introducing legislation in the spring, um, which is not that far away, uh, that will start the process of transitioning uh, from our current policing system, uh, which is not good, uh, to uh, a transformed model um, that has a number of components in it. It's a really excellent report, mm-hmm. well worth a read. So what's what's going to prevent us? What are the hurdles, what are the uh, obstacles right now in regards to getting to the point where whether it's regional policing, provincial policing, whatever it may be, what do you see sort of as the immediate hurdles and forces that are going to say, no, this isn't the right way to go? <laughs> well, obviously, <laughs> judging by what's happened in in Surrey, um, it's going to be it's going to be some political opposition uh, on the part of the, of uh, municipal politicians. Frankly, that model is getting ancient, and they really should back off. The mayors don't have, and the, most councillors don't have the expertise needed to be able to organise and administer police services in their jurisdiction. It, it's an embarrassment, and it's amazing to to see what happens. And people who view the situation in BC from afar uh, are astonished that this uh, system operates. Um, and how it operates. Uh, and, you know, we can see it's not very satisfactory, judging by what's happened in, in BC. Welcome back to the show. If you're just joining us, we are speaking to Rob Gordon, Professor of Chronology at Simon Fraser University. We're looking at BC policing, specifically Metro Vancouver policing, as we add another million residents uh, to the region uh, by 2050. Now, Rob, you provided an excellent synopsis of, of where we need to go. Um, my question to you is, what if we get there, what would that police force look like? Um, now, if you look at uh, policing today, as I said, you've got issues of cyber threats, domestic violence, counterfeit and fraud issues. But yet at the same time, the public still want a beat cop. They still, of course, need police officers to deal with traditional street crime. But they love the idea of, of seeing the officer walk the beat as well. If we were to have, let's say, move towards a regional police service, what would that look like? Would it be one police chief for the entire region? Would it be uh, one for south of the Fraser, one for north of the Fraser? How do you see 
a policing system that would work well for a region that is surrounded by mountains, uh, water, ALR. At the same time, it's a port city uh, with a, a you know a multi-ethnic population that has connections to all corners of the globe. How would you police this city in 2050? Ah, well, um, if it was my city to police, <laughs> um, th- th- there's a number of things I would do, but I don't think you really want to hear about that. Um, it- it's certainly not impossible. Um, it's a daunting task because of all the variables you've just mentioned, but there are different models or different styles of policing that have been in place for a long time and that are followed in other jurisdictions. Um, that we can that we can learn from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just a quick example. Uh, clearly, we need a federal a police service of some kind. Um, I don't think the RCMP is uh, suitable in its current form to do that. It's got way too many management problems. Um, but uh, most certainly, um, you, you would have a federal... Uh, jurisdiction um, that has to be policed, and so uh, that would you know, continue on a national basis. So there would be a national police service of some kind. Similar to the uh, FBI, something like the FBI then? Well, not exactly, but uh, I mean, that's a, an unfortunate comparison. Um, but yeah, I mean, it would be concerned primarily uh, uh, with um, national issues like uh, immigration and uh, cybercrime and major fraud, um, those kinds of uh, border integrity, those kinds of uh, issues that partly now currently dealt with by the RCMP. Um, But uh, they're also hampered by uh, the need to patrol, patrol city streets and, and uh, police provinces. That won't work. That, that combination just simply has created too many problems. So um, you're going to have a national police service that uh, is concerned with a, a range of national uh, crimes or crimes that are national in, in uh, scope. They include drug enforcement, um, They include various forms of commercial crime. All of these things are uh, national in scope will have to be dealt with uh, by a national police service. Then you bring it back down to uh, the provinces, or if you don't want to go with the province, and I think you don't have much choice because of the way that budgets are structured, but you can have a provincial police service that is responsible for policing areas that lie outside of the major cities. Um, So Greater Victoria or Metropolitan Victoria, Metropolitan Vancouver would have their own uh, or related uh, regional police services that are doing everyday policing, um, including community policing um, and possibly also even Uh, having a a regional police service like that for the Okanagan. Mm -hmm. Uh, Much will depend on the growth of the population uh, over the next few years. I certainly would prepare 
for three regional police services. Um, I would also look at the issue of how you structure and operationalize remote policing and rural policing. These are two different but related uh, concepts. Um, uh, so remote policing, uh, you know, would, would entail covering uh, thinly populated areas that are mountainous, um, that are uh, marine in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, um, the provinces would be dealing with that, but also dealing with rural policing, which is something separate from remote policing. We've got about a minute uh, left. I just wanted to ask one final question. We did not a lot of time. Where does the Surrey decision, let's just say we continue with the, the municipal police force as the, the Solicitor General uh, says that's where we're headed. Yep. What role does that decision, uh, uh, what will happen once Surrey does move that that move towards the Surrey Police Service? What will that mean in regards to a catalyst towards a regional system? What does this, what does the Surrey announcement, the Surrey decision mean in that broader regional policing conversation? Well, I hope it doesn't have any impact because uh, it's way too politicized. And I've been very concerned about the encroachment of politics on policing. The two really don't mix. They should not mix. Um, So you need to sweep the floor um, in order to get a clearer picture and a cleaner start to this. I mean, it's not going to be harmful in any way, but uh, I would envisage that sometime in the next few years uh, there will be a Metropolitan Police Service for Metro Vancouver and another one for Victoria. These are already, you know, been heavily discussed. Um, that's going to move the players around a bit more on the sorry side of things. Um, but I'm hoping that it won't. Uh, it won't cause. Too much disturbance um, <laughs> because it's kind of, it, I mean, it contaminates everything. That is the problem. Yes, the it stuff. does. It keeps reporters and talk show hosts busy as well. Rob, we've run out of time. I really enjoyed this conversation. Lots there in regards to chew over to discuss. I really appreciate your time today. You're more than welcome, Jess.